Welcome to the Joe and Mel Show. I'm Melissa. And I'm Joe. And this is a podcast where we discuss life, marriage, parenting from a Christian's perspective. That's right. Are you are you holding your hand up so you don't look at me and, and laugh during the intro? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Just trying to be serious here. Tell us what we're talking about today, Mel. Well, you have been reading a book called Unintentional by Doug Smith. And you've been telling me some different things that you've been reading, but not a whole lot. So I'm really looking forward to um, what we're going to be discussing today because it sounds like a really interesting book. Yeah, it is. And this is one of those topics where um, I was talking to my mom about this earlier today, where the more you read about it, the more action you want to put into place. It's almost like reading about health foods or dieting or exercises when you're in the process of learning from other people who've done more research you are inspired and sometimes that inspiration lasts for a short while sometimes it leads to life-changing decisions life-transforming decisions but either way i find myself whenever i read something about technology screen time um, self-discipline things like that it always sparks in me a desire to improve and I end up making small changes. Um, I've been telling you, I've, you know, beginning of this year I did a, a fast from some social media, certain things that I felt like were sucking too much time and even while I've been reading this book I've made some decisions that uh, are, may seem small but they're moving in the right direction I believe of where I can be more responsible with my screen time and more intentional with what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I, can, I completely understand that because, you know, I I did the same at the beginning of the year, doing a lot of fasting from social media, and really that was incredibly helpful. And since then, I didn't just go back to doing what I normally did. I just, I, I used those, like you showed me, how to put timers on certain apps that I felt like were, like you said, um, just sucking more of my, sucking more of my attention away from the important things and just, you know, enabling me to waste my time. So, and that, I feel like that's been super helpful for me having those timers. And so I'm looking forward to hearing what, what else you've learned from the book mm-hmm. that, you know, cause I, I want to learn how to integrate uh, fasting from social media, like on a, cons- a very consistent basis. Right. It, it's so easy just to get sucked into what everyone else is doing and, Absolutely. And it's designed to be addictive. It's designed for those things. So, um, we're going to talk mostly from this book. I'm going to share a lot of quotes from it. Again, this book is called Unintentional. It's written by Doug Smith. Um, I learned about him from listening to another podcast he was interviewed on, and it inspired me to to get a hold of this book. The, The subtitle is How Screens Secretly Shape Your Desires and How You Can Break Free. And so, I'm just going to pull some quotes out and share some thoughts on them. Again, I fully endorse this book. I recommend you buy it. I'm going to put the uh, a link to purchase it in the show notes. So if you're interested in picking up a copy for yourself, um, I think this author is worth investing into and um, book's great to get a hold of. So he starts his book off, Mel, with some bad news. He kind of starts with the problem. And the way his book progresses, he shares the issues and then he leads you down a path of how we can be responding as Christians. And it's it's, you know, it's intentionally a Christian book, so he he talks a lot about following God's will and following um, the call of God for your life. So he's kind of pitted time wasting activities against God's plan for your life, and I really like that. So he talks about some 
some concerning downgrades that have been seen through technology use. Um, he says, quote, we've been compulsorily impatient. The increasing speed of our pocket supercomputers makes us expect speed in every other arena of life. And he goes on to say that boredom, that fertilizer of creativity, is choked to death. And this is a downside of technology, and I think it's true. We've become so used to instant everything that even even something that may take a little while seems like it takes forever. And technology's gotten faster and faster, and it's created us. I think it's given us a negative view on waiting and timing. And, you know, even with you know, having to, to do a little bit of waiting seems like it's frustrating to most people and it's and it's like counter to what we're used to. And so I think that's one of the downsides of technology. He goes on to say um, the sexualization that media has, has increased uh, is one of the downsides of technology. It says TV shows of the past few years, uh, sorry, one of the most popular TV shows of the past few years is HBO's Game of Thrones. Tens of millions of people have binge-watched season after season of what is essentially violent pornography. And normalizing and esteeming shows like this in our culture has really downgraded what we view as extreme, what we view as violence or um, sexualized. And so, you know, I think that we need to be really careful that we don't fall into that trap of just being so used to what's being given to us in the media and not think twice about it. You know, don't accept everything as just, this is how things are. This is how movies and TVs are. So we're just going to watch them. We're just going to watch them anyways. I think we really need to guard our hearts and minds and not not become so accustomed, like it says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, not become so accustomed to the world that we aren't living a transformed life any longer. Yeah, that we just fit in without even thinking about it. And yeah, I, you know, we've practiced not watching certain things mm-hmm. and it always surprises me like when we go outside of our few shows that we watch and I go see like a movie to give an example I saw a movie called Redeeming Love I don't know how long ago this was just maybe a few I don't know last year sometime I think and there was there was some content in that movie that really made me just so um uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and I got so uh I I just it it was so it was kind of hard it's kind of hard to describe it's just that I was like wow I can't believe that I didn't know this was in here I should have (laughs) looked it up maybe a little bit better I mean I was just kind of shocked and you know I uh there's definitely parts of the movie I had to turn away i mean the message was good i don't want to say it was like a i was watching something like horrific but it just Mm -hmm. you know it just made me realize how sensitive i had become to uh movies and such with any sort of certain content and it just i think it just reinforced after watching that movie reinforced like this is why i don't like I have to look things up, like why I have mm-hmm. to really be intentional about what I'm putting into my mind. Yeah, we, we need to be careful because, you know, our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit and we are commissioned in the Bible to renew our minds on the Word of God. And when we allow 
other things in the world that disagree with the Word of God into our minds. That's something else he mentioned in this book later, is he asked questions like, well, the media that you're consuming, the movies that you're watching, TV shows that you're watching, how often are the nine fruit of the Spirit exemplified in those shows? You know, how often is the fruit of the Spirit um, being promoted? You know, some of the most popular TV shows today are about criminals, where they're the protagonist, or about... um, you know, people who do awful things on a regular basis and never get, never have to pay justice for it. So we really want to be careful. And one of the some of the other downsides he mentioned, of course, is that people are losing their ability to think deeply, and our capacity to evaluate things is really um, going down. And I think um, I think I see that. You know, kids especially are so so ready to consume entertainment, so ready to be. Um, to focus on stimuli, we know our, our kids for sure. If you put them in front of TV, like they, they freeze. You, oh yeah, they won't my, look away. Our oldest son and our and our daughter. If there's a TV show on, you they won't even look at you. Almost sometimes you have to pause it and say, "Hey, I asked you a question. What do you want for dinner?" Um, it has such a pull and magnetism towards them that it's you know during that moment they're focused on the show, and that's fine. But the, at that moment, they're not being able to think critically about anything. They're not deeply thinking about anything. They're just consuming it and watching it. And so I think we, as a culture, need to be careful that we're not so consumed with media and what's on our screens that we we, we can't stop and think deeply about things. Um, and of course, one of the major downsides of technology is just pornography being so uh, just everywhere. I mean, it's so accessible. It's so easy to find um, on purpose or accidentally. Um, the heartbreaking average first exposure to pornography right now, according to some studies um, that are cited in his book, is between 8 and 11 years old. And I'm pretty sure a lot of those 8 and 11-year-olds are have their own devices. You know, if you look at the average age of cell phones, I don't know if they mentioned, if, I don't remember that being mentioned in this book, but the average age of young people getting smartphones is going down quickly. <laughs> the yes. age is going down very, very quickly. And, uh, you know, I, I junior high kids are just complaining to their parents if they don't have a phone. It's become almost a, um, a right in their eyes. So, uh, he goes on in his book to talk about how the internet companies, these technology companies, they design their material to be addicting. Their job is to make money, and they make money by selling advertising. Advertisers only pay when people are looking at their ads and clicking mm-hmm. on their ads. Um, and so he's, I'm going to jump ahead to that point. Um, he says, here's a little secret. Anytime you use a free app or service, you are the product. For Facebook and Google, their customers aren't you and me because we're using their services for free, right? You don't have to pay to use Google search. Their customers are their advertisers. Mm-hmm. You and I are a data point that they use to convince their advertisers that their advertising is worthwhile. And I don't know, I, I always feel like, you know this in our marriage, we've talked about this, I don't like choices being made for me. Yeah. You know, I don't like it when, um, you know, I shut off Spotify's feature to play another song that they suggest. I, um, I don't like the autoplay feature on TV services where it picks another show. Like, I want to be in control. And when I hear things like this, it, it really kind of, again, it sparks that energy inside of me to resist that. Say, wait, I don't want to be a product. I don't, I don't want to be fed things simply because I fit a certain demographic, simply because I'm um, 
you know, I'm, I'm using this product, I'm using this service, and I'm getting something out of it, but I'm, I just want to be more cognizant of the fact that someone is taking advantage of me using this. Right. You know, they're, they're using me as a way of selling advertising. And I don't know, maybe that doesn't bother you, maybe it doesn't bother some people, but um, it bothers me a little bit, and it kind of chafes me, and it reminds me of, um, you know, the, the fact that I want to keep my free will. I don't want technology companies to manipulate me, and that's one of his big points he makes in this book is that technology companies are pushing things on you and it's actually changing what we desire because of what we're seeing just think about like instagram right yeah girls on instagram see certain images of females and they think that that's the epitome of beauty that's the standard of beauty and it causes them to want that sometimes in unhealthy ways Mm -hmm. and um there's a whole rabbit trail you can take on mental health and it the impact that technology has had on that but the fact is when you're using a free service you are the product they are using you um, they are selling your viewing time to that advertiser and that company whether it's facebook or twitter instagram whenever you see a sponsored piece of content your view on that content is putting dollars in that company's pocket because that advertiser is paying per paying per view or paying per click or something like that so, again, just tells you a little bit about what's on it. And, again, his book is called Unintentional. He's trying to make the case that these companies are the most intentional people in the world. Like, they, they know your viewing habits down to the millisecond. Wow. And we, as the Christians in the world, need to become intentional with our technology use and not, con- not continue to be blind and not continue to allow these things to distract us from our main points in life. Yeah, that's really good. I like how you just you just said, you know, as Christians, we need to be intentional. And, you know, just, you don't want to just go with the flow. You know, a lot of times we say, you know, don't just follow the crowd. And in this case, you know, we have to be more on guard because we have to, I've said this before in other podcasts and it's just a line that i've heard a lot it's just you know what is discipling you what are you allowing to influence you and as christians we're supposed to be set apart Mm -hmm. and so yeah there's going to be have to be some boundaries and even some like standards we should have in our social media usage i just think in every area of life as a christian you know you should be challenging yourself to you know, just to not be like, just like the normal, you know, just not be like the world. This is just what mm-hmm. everyone does or this, right. you know, it's normal to consume this much social media or to spend all this time on that. And it's really not. Oh, by the way, do you want to hear what, I think this is a 2021 statistic, what the average number of hours a an adult looks at a screen? Do you want to know what the average is right now? Yeah. Okay, this is 2021, so it's maybe a little bit old. And some people think that COVID may have um, amplified this a little bit, but uh, he quotes a, a study done that shows that the average American adult spends eight hours in front of a screen every day. Now, that's combined computer, cell phone, TV, but eight hours a day in front of a screen. Wow. And I'll be that's honest. a full work day. It's a full work day, yeah. <laughs> and now part of that may be at work. A lot of people work in front of a computer. True. But um, if you just think about all the hours a day in front of a screen, that's that's a lot of time for your eyes to be looking at advertisements. That's a lot of time for your eyes to be 
monetized by some bigger company. Um, and it's a lot of time for them to tweak your desires and intentions. That's, that's something influence else. Influence you. Right. They influence you by suggestion. They influence you by making it seem like everybody has these sunglasses or everybody is going to lose weight with this pill or whatever ad you're being dished out. You know, um, you have, that's a lot of time. And, and we need to take that time seriously. You know, if you're going to spend time on a computer or in front of a TV, make sure it's intentional. Make sure that you chose to do that. And it's something that's going to qual that's going to add quality to your life or that's something that you, um, you know, for instance, we're not full disclosure. I like technology. Yeah. You know, that. <laughs> we use technology. We use technology. You and I, um, you work in children's ministry at a church. You, you run our kids outreach program. You relied on technology a lot preparing for that. Yeah. And it's a very helpful tool. You share with me today how one of your bus captains used technology in a really clever way to help mark places where they've invited people, where they were going to um, pick up kids that wanted to come. They got permission slips filled out. The, the, you, you told me that technology is helpful. That's awesome. But that's intentional. Right. And that's good. What the danger is, is when we sit like... Um, a couch potato or you know we sit in our beds and just scroll and scroll and scroll our mind away it's just opportunity after opportunity for our desires and to be morphed and tweaked and also for our addiction to grow into those um, short-term pleasure zones anyways something else i want to point out that he mentions in his book is that thinking critically and thinking deep deeply that's not synonymous with typical technology use typical social media you know social media is designed to be quick to stimulate your brain in a way that makes you want to linger or click on the link or um, you know be entertained for a few seconds at a time but to be able to think deeply we need to pause and reflect taylor coolidge this is a quote in his book um sorry doug smith's book he quotes samuel taylor coolidge as saying there is one art of which every man should be a master the art of reflection if you are not a thinking man to what purpose are you a man at all? And I believe, you know, he goes on to say in his book that we are men and women created in the image of God, designed to think critically, designed to judge things, and we can't just allow these companies, the social media, to morph the way we think about life because it's entertaining or because we're mm -hmm. looking for something to do with our boredom. Um, and something else is that, you know, these big companies spend a lot of time and money and energy to learn about who's using their products so they can advertise to them more. And, um, you know, they've, they collect things that you've clicked on, things that you like. They, they guess or they know your age, where you live, your family situation. And that's a lot. I think a lot of people are okay with that. I feel like maybe older generations would be a little bit more wary of that. But I know I've been guilty of just clicking, yes, I accept, you know, I accept the terms and services without really paying attention to it. But something that Doug Smith brings up that I think is a very valid point is that God already has searched us and known us. He's He knows more about us than any big data collecting cloud. And God knows us more intimately than anything and anybody will ever. And there's no way we can't go where he is not present. And I think we need more of a reality of that in our lives. Mm -hmm. You know, just the idea of God is with me. You know, when I'm doing this, God is with me. When When I'm doing that, God is with me. And if that's our mindset, I think it'll change how we, how we proceed, how we use those free times, those free moments in life. And that's something that he encourages in his book. Um, he encourages us to, to make the most of the time and not simply waste it in different ways that seem entertaining at the moment. Yeah, and 
recently I listened to a podcast. I feel like I say this all the time. I listen to a podcast, but they're really good. I really enjoy podcasts because I feel like I can still be intentional about like what I'm doing, but still I'm, I'm also growing. Like I'm, I usually listen to, you know, something that, um, comes from a Christian perspective, just like our podcast. But anyway, I was listening to Pastor Joel Sims and he's a pastor at, um, Word of Life Church in Mississippi. Mississippi. That's right. And he said he had challenged himself to read every book that his dad had read over his entire life. He challenged himself to read that many books in a year. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of books. And he, because he said he was just, he just felt like, you know, I'm spending so much time wasting it on whether it's social media or just like entertaining myself. He's mm-hmm. like, I really challenged myself to, to, um, help myself grow because he was, I think this was early in his ministry where he was really trying to get his, get his church going and thriving. And he said, he just, just wasn't there. And so when he let any and all distractions aside, you know, and just really was more intentional with his time, instead of like choosing entertainment, he would choose anything that would promote growth and he would kind of weigh whatever he would use his time for as this, is this going to entertain me or is this going to help me grow? That's good. And he said after that year of just doing that, like his church grew exponentially. He became wiser because he just had read all this material and these books. And it just really challenged me because, you know, every time I pick up my phone or to do something like, okay, am I going to Mm. grow spiritually? Yeah. In doing this or... Am I just picking this up to entertain myself? Right. Did you did you face a moment of boredom that you want to fill yeah, in fill in something? Exactly. I'm like, no, you know, I'm even if it's just on my phone, I'm just gonna read the word or I'm gonna yeah. pull up a devotional um, on the Bible app. Like I I've just really tried to think before I just mindlessly scroll or, or do anything. Oh, that's good. I'm gonna say something I'm gonna quote Doug Smith in his book that, that lines up exactly with what you're saying. Um, as far as taking a moment to pause and think before you do something. Um, before I do, though, he, he talks about addiction. And um, I think the ugly truth is that a lot of a lot of us, myself included at different times, are addicted to technologies. We're addicted to certain things. Um, you know, it's addiction is something that you do constantly. Sometimes you do it habitually. You do it, and it's hard to stop doing it, even though you might want to stop. Um, in here, he talks about the difference between wanting and liking something, and he points out the fact that a lot of addicts want to stop, or I should say this, a lot of addicts, whether it's drugs or alcohol, they they don't like it. They hate it. They understand that this is hurting their life, but they want it so badly they can't stop themselves from consuming it. And he... he, he puts that next to technology a lot of us um i just had a conversation with a with a student a few days ago she was telling me how she wants to be on her phone less but she keeps finding herself back on 
those apps. She keeps finding herself back on Instagram and she's like, I, I hate that I'm going back to this over and over again, but it seems like she can't help herself. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's just become a habit. So she's not liking what she's doing, but she wants it so strongly she doesn't, she has to develop the self-control. And I'm using that once again as an example, any of us, a lot of times we, I think I mean, that. yeah, I think I've, I've been there too, where I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I scrolling through 75% ads and, you know, 25% content from people I've actually chosen to follow? I find myself doing something and I get frustrated with myself. I'm like, I don't like, I don't even yeah. like what I'm doing right now. And here I am um, as a sign of addiction. So he says that, uh, Doug Smith quote, I believe the enemy of our souls keeps our lives filled with noise so that we cannot hear what our maker would say to us. Whoa. With a constant stream of messages from elsewhere, we don't notice that we're missing the one messenger we need more than any other, end quote. And that's the whole, I mean, that's the whole goal. And again, technology is not the devil. Right. You know, I, I don't, I'm not real big into big conspiracies. You know, I don't, I don't think everyone has great intentions, but I'm also not fearful that um, we live in a world that's going to be controlled by these big corporations. I have read 1984. I think there's some, I think we're seeing more and more of that in our world today. But um, again, I don't think technology is all inherently evil. Technology could be used to propel the gospel. Just case in point, you're listening to a podcast right now. We're trying to promote Jesus, right? This is technology. We're using a lot of technology to make this happen. But the devil would love to use it. Distort it, yeah. Absolutely. Would love to use it as a distraction. And you know what's mm-hmm. you know what's amazing? Distractions can be good things. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. If I'm distracted, if I'm driving down the road with you in the car and I'm distracted by your beauty and I'm awestruck, I'm just staring at you, I, I'm gonna put myself and yourself in danger. Right? Yes. Are you you're a good thing. You look really good. But if I'm driving and, and I can't and I'm distracted by you in that moment, is taking me off where my focus should be. And the devil would love to use something. Technology is, is a great tool to use if you're looking to suck someone's attention in. Um, he would love to use something to distract you so you don't hear the message of God. You can't hear God's voice because you're too busy tuned into following how many likes and shares your posts have had. He goes on to say, um, the word addiction is thrown around in society in the same nonchalant way that binging has become acceptable when talking about spending hours watching the latest show. As a result, the seriousness of bona fide addictions is sometimes minimized and even joked about. But anyone who has been close to an addict knows it is anything but funny. And, you know, I I feel like that that rings true in a lot of areas, but when you know firsthand, when when you have a relationship with someone who's battled a real addiction, it's not funny. Right. right, it's anything but funny, and I think we need to take technology a little bit more seriously in this in this vein. Um, I don't remember if I highlighted it, but he quotes another author, and again, pick up this book if you want to read all these. I'm just kind of paraphrasing a lot of this, but he quotes someone as saying that anything you cannot fast from controls you. Ooh. So if you're not willing to put your phone down for eight hours, if you're not willing to sh- delete that app from your phone for a certain amount of time, it owns you. Like it controls you. That's good. Yeah, and Ouch. it's and it's and it's tough, but it's it's loving, right? Because if right. Jesus came down to Earth and asked you to do something, and you said no, you would feel like, oh, I'm not going to do that to Jesus. But if he was there in person, but what is God asking you to put down? What is God asking mm-hmm. you? What is you know? I, I hope we can all have that humility to pray and say, God, show me if there's any area in my life that's becoming distracting, distraction. <laughs> Sorry, tongue tied. If any area in my life 
is being faced with distractions that you want me to eliminate. Show me what they are and I will do it. That's a powerful prayer. And I believe it's a prayer that God would answer as well. Um, and so, I don't know. Do you want to get to some practical tips, Mel? Kind of share with you a lot of bad news. <laughs> a lot of things that, yeah, that are how serious. Yeah, we put some positivity out there? Like, maybe you hear all these statistics and these quotes and you're like, wow, I... You know, even myself hearing you, I'm like, you know, I could, I could step up my fasting from social media even more, you know, Mm -hmm. and just really being more intentional about how I'm spending my time. Well, here's what I love about this book. Doug Smith is unashamedly Christian. He's unashamedly promoting Christians to follow the call of God for their life. And so his solution is to, instead of just putting up barriers and saying, I'm going to block these things, I'm going to... You know, I'm going to be anti-technology. He says, instead, put your focus on the Lord. Put your focus on seeking and surrendering to God. You know, if, if, our, if we're so busy, if we're focused so much on God, the other things will kind of dissolve away and find their place in our life. That's good. So, um, he says, it starts with what we've learned so far, offering allegiance to God in Christ and inviting God into the present moment. He says, he's talking about how that that will help us in our in moments of addiction or moments of temptation when we're um, becoming glued to our screens. He says one use of our screens, sorry, our use of screens is often so unintentional that we aren't even aware of why we are checking our phone, turn the, turning the TV on, or switching from our important computer work to our favorite online distractions. And he goes on to say, here are some practical tips to help you actively practice your surrender to God. So, number one, he says, before you check your phone or turn on a show or a game, stop and surrender that choice to God and ask for His will in that present moment. Ooh. And isn't that, I mean, that's so, that's so easy. Yeah. You know, if you force yourself, again, it goes back to the earlier quote I mentioned, if you force yourself to wait, it actually grows your patience. Mm-hmm. Because if you're so impulsive, you feel the urge, and I've been guilty of that, you know, I sit for a few minutes and I realize that maybe not, maybe a few seconds. I sit for a few seconds. I realize I've got nothing to do for another couple seconds while I'm waiting for my microwave or whatever. The tendency is to reach in my left pocket where my phone is and pull it out and do something. Yep. But he's saying here, if we take a moment and check ourselves and be like, wait a minute, I might go ahead and do that. But first I'm going to take a moment and pause and force myself to wait a minute or force myself to ask God, what can I be doing with this free moment? It'll change the way we look at it, change the way we use technology. He goes on to say, double delay checking or turning your screen on even for a few minutes. This simple delay can begin to dislodge any addictive triggers and even trigger a quick prayer to God instead. And I like that. I mean, he's he's all about refocusing our attention back onto the Lord. And then one more thing he says is expect changes to take time. For many of us, changing our relationship with God and screens is a big ship to turn. It will require intentionality. Remember, the creators behind our screen content are the most intentional people around when it comes to keeping your attention. Invest a time to become more intentional about your surrender to God in Christ than the screen manipulators are in their plan to capture you. And that just shows that there's a, there's a common goal. The people who are making content on screens want to capture your attention. At the same time, God is wanting to capture our attention. Yeah. You know, I believe God is wanting to capture our attention even in the quiet moments of our day. Maybe that's when intimacy with God can be built, or maybe that's where the Holy Spirit would want to speak to us. And I know I've been guilty, and I'm, you know, I ask the Lord to forgive me for any times where I've been too busy watching a YouTube video to hear Him, to hear His voice. 
you know, because mm-hmm. we tend to fill up those silent moments of our life with screens, with visual stimuli, with audible stimuli. Yeah, it's almost like as a society, we've become afraid of anything being silent. Yeah. Like we just have to have the TV on and or music playing or, you know, there's just we're uncomfortable in the silence. But a lot of times when we're in those silent moments, that's gives God a, an a, opportunity to speak to us. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like, you know, I don't... I don't, I'm not trying to call anybody out. It's just, you know, you know, I'm just looking at myself and thinking that's that's been a reason why like I've I turned the TV on so the kids can listen to music or just different things. Cuz I'm like, oh, it's just too quiet. It's like it's too quiet in here. Like I, I something has to be going. Like I yeah. I feel like that's it makes me uncomfortable. But, you know, it's I've just because I'm just so used to being entertained or I guess stimulated mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah, we you know, we as Christians need to remember that God is real, God is speaking, that God has made his voice clear through his word, through the Bible of course, but that also God wants time with us personally. And so I think there's something to be said about the value of taking time and listening to God and you know, deciding that maybe what I'm about to do is not as important as as what I could be doing with the Lord. Maybe there's a time to pray. You know, how often, how much more prayer could we get done if we decided to pray before we pulled our phone out of our pocket? Mm. Or, you know, if if you said, for every minute I spend on X, I'll spend that many minutes praying or reading the Bible. Um, I mean, that would just change your life. Imagine if every Christian in America spent as much time on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, I can't even think of that one TikTok. I forgot TikTok's name for a second. Um, you know, imagine if you spent if every Christian spent every minute reading the Bible as they spend a minute using those apps. How much more strong the body of Christ would be? Right. How much more on fire? And that's nothing wrong with using those apps. Again, I'm just using that as an example of have we have we made it so common to be addicted to these applications to these services that we don't even realize it. We don't realize that we're pushing things of God off to the to the periphery, and that's not even become important to us anymore. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm going to finalize this by saying that Doug Smith's book is phenomenal. At the end, um, he just talks about the challenge to become intentional. You know, become intentional about your walk with God. Be be intentional about your call of God. He 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 combats this um, technology problem so much with what you're calling. How is this helping you progress in your life? And he's very open and honest about his own life and his own calling that he's discovered. Um, I, I found a lot of um, encouragement through his book. You know, it has a lot of heavy things to say about technology, but it's also, you know, we're we're doing things now in our life that we've never done before that we feel are stepping out of faith and, you know, things that we believe God's called us to do. And it's great to know that other people have done that as well. So he shares a little bit of his personal journey in that regard. Um, and he has some, you know, he has a lot of anecdotes in here as well from his own personal life. So yeah, it's been a great book and I've learned a lot from it. I feel um, a little more knowledgeable about the enemy's devices and the enemy's strategies to distract me and it's caused me to make some changes and I'm, I'm really happy about that. Um, I have a long ways to go, still growing, have a lot of things I can still improve on, but same here. Yeah. If you're listening to this, you know, we hope that you would take time to seriously consider what you're using technology for. If there's something that's becoming overemphasized or you want to cut back on, 
Um, I empower you. I encourage you to do that, and, and I believe the Lord will empower you to do that. Ask Him for grace. Ask Him for help, and ask Him for wisdom on knowing that you're making the right choices. Yeah, and really, I think keeping your technology usage in check will only benefit your marriage if you, you know, are married, mm-hmm. and you're maybe putting more time into your relationship with your spouse. Of course, God is the top priority, but. Also, I think about, like, from a parent's perspective as well, like, what are our kids seeing us do? Yeah. Like, what are we normalizing for our kids? And I think that's that's always a grabbing point for me. I mean, I know, like, just being intentional with the Lord, intentional with you, as my husband is, but a lot of times it's like when I get to thinking about what are my kids seeing me do, are they going to grow up with these memories of just their mom sitting looking at their phone looking at her phone or are they going to see me playing with them being intentional with them and investing in them and you know I don't want I mean same with you know our relationship as well and same with God I mean he's you know that's a obviously it's a very important relationship and so it's like we we have to really think of the ramifications of just allowing ourselves just to be consumed with technology. And like we've emphasized, we use technology. It's not, we're not saying it's all bad, but just really contemplating about how much we're allowing our lives to just revolve around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's a good word, revolve around it. We've got to be careful that we're revolving our life around the Lord and His will for our life and not allowing these other little minor things to become the focal point of our life. So um, we want to thank you for listening. I hope hope this encouraged you a little bit. I, again, I encourage we you to check out this you. book. Yeah, we're challenged you. Um, if this has helped you in any way, I encourage you to, or ask you to please follow us on whatever podcast service you're using. Share this with a friend. Uh, rate it and review it if you thought it helped you. That'll help it go up in the search results for other people who are searching for things on these topics. Um, And we thank you so much for listening. Again, the book is Unintentional by Doug Smith. If you're interested in buying a copy of it, I'll put a link in the show notes that you can see there. So again, thank you for listening. Unless you want to say anything. That's all. Thanks. Thanks for listening.